We know who the opponents will be for the Hoosiers this upcoming season, but how difficult of a path would it be to a potential Big Ten title next year? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We know the Big Ten schedule, kind of, when it comes to basketball next season. The Hoosiers will, we know who their pairings are, home and away, We don't know the full schedule yet, and that will certainly play into a lot of things. Uh, But having seen the pairings, having a a sense a little bit of who the Hoosiers will be playing next season, we can kind of get a feel on how difficult or easy it'll be uh, for Indiana to potentially finally win a Big Ten title again. Let's start off with what we know. So... Obviously, with the way the Big Ten schedule works, you play uh, a handful of teams home and away, and then you play three teams home only, three teams away only. It's a bit messy, but as is, we're, we're going to discuss a lot about scheduling uh, the rest of this episode, but that's what the Big Ten does. So the teams IU will play home only, Iowa, Michigan State, Northwestern. The teams IU will play away only, Illinois, Michigan, Rutgers. And then the rest of the teams, they will play both home and away. Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. So what does this mean? Well, if I'm being quite honest, we don't know. And I think I can make an argument that this is a, a... decent uh schedule for the Hoosiers you could honestly make an argument either way because we don't know anything really about this schedule we barely know the teams we don't know anything about IU right now so it's hard to really project of what games will be hard what games will be easy because I use rosters incomplete we've been spending the last couple of weeks talking about uh the guys are trying to get to complete the roster but that's also why I didn't jump on this when it came out because there just isn't a lot to take away from it. You can kind of look at history, and we'll do that here in a few minutes, and a little bit of projection. But right now, I, the focus kind of should be on IU and what their roster is going to look like now. There wasn't any new updates on that on uh, or in the last 24 hours or so, and that's why we're talking about this and not transfer rumors. But I thought if we're trying to project a little bit, let's try to find a one of the everybody's favorite way too early top 25 just to get a sense of what the big 10 kind of looks like because if i'm being honest there's been so much to keep up with when it came to iu that i haven't kept up a ton with the rest of the big 10 what i do know is that michigan state's going to be the best team because like they're bringing everybody back tyson walker malik hill are the uh, more notable ones recently 
Uh, ESPN is the way to top 25 I'm looking at. Jeff Borzello. I, I didn't do a deep dive. I, I just kind of wanted a general idea of who's going to be good and bad. They have Michigan State third. So off the bat, only playing them once is a good thing, and we'll talk more takeaways in a minute. But then it is a long scroll until you get to another Big Ten team. And Purdue, who is 16th, this seems to be under the impression that Zach Eady won't be back next season. Um, if he's not there, having them 16th feels generous because that team wasn't great outside of Zach Eady. Uh, they lost to a 16th seed. I don't know if you guys remember that. That team wasn't great without him. I'm not really sure what a projection I mean, their backcourt would be a year older, but is that enough to make them a top 25 team? That'd be interesting, but Purdue is 16th. That may also speak to kind of how bad the Big Ten is going to be next season. You have Wisconsin 22nd uh, with Tyler Wall returning, and uh, you got Chucky Hepburn, a number of guys returning. That team was up and down a bit. The Hoosiers beat them pretty good, but they weren't whole when Indiana beat them. Maryland at 23, we just mentioned that they got Jordan Geronimo a couple episodes ago. You everydayers will remember that one. Uh, They have Jameer Young and Dante Scott returning. So uh, they have a top 50 recruit, Deshaun uh, Harris-Smith. I believe the Hoosiers were recruiting him at one point. Uh, They have talent and depth and will need to kind of build some of that chemistry, but they'll be a top 25 team. And that is it when it comes to top 25 teams. There's not even really any teams on the edge looking in the top 25 this upcoming season. So this is one poll, one look from one person, but that gives you kind of a sense that the Big Ten is going to be pretty mid again. And that was what we thought last season. IU was supposed to be the darling of the bunch and we know how that went, but Michigan State probably has a bit more of a proven track record of being a, a darling of the bunch. They're going to be really good, it looks like. But after that, it's if Purdue's your next best team without Zach Eady, whew, there's a drop-off there. And I'm not sure Purdue is actually that good. I believe a lot more in Wisconsin and uh, Maryland than I would Purdue without Zach Eady. There's a lot they have to prove. But we're not here to discuss what the uh, the Big Ten rankings should be. So having having kind of looked at this top 25, looked at IU schedule, what takeaways should we have about the Hoosier schedule? We'll, we'll dive into those and look at some of those in a moment. First, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. I meant to bring one in here. They are in my cabinet in the other room. I went to Sam's Club the other day. I picked up the 13 bar box. It is churro and brownie batter puffs. And they're so good, guys. Like, I'm not kidding. They are so, so tasty. They just taste like chocolate bars. When you, you can put them in there and if you get a craving for chocolate, run on by, pick up a, a, a chocolate bar out of your cabinet because the good thing is these are healthy for you as well. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. They taste amazing. Covered in hundred percent real dark chocolate. There's no catch here, guys. It tastes like a candy bar, except it's not nearly as unhealthy for you. So you guys can head to Built.com to pick out any of them, or next time you're at Walmart or Sam's Club, pick some up today and thank me later. 
Big shout out to all of you guys who continue to make us your first listen and first watch. Uh, appreciate you guys. We're entering, uh, starting to enter the dog days of summer, but you guys aren't slowing down. So I appreciate all the help you continue, all the support, I should say, you continue to show us. Everydayers, tomorrow on the show, if there isn't any transfer news, we'll start talking some season recaps. We're going to start with the seniors, Race Thompson, Miller Cop. We'll do those over the next couple days. I suspect transfer news will slow down a bit. There isn't a whole lot of activity going on. So on the days that there isn't any, we're going to start doing some season recaps on the men's side. Let's talk about takeaways from what we know about IU schedule. My first thought was to think of the road games that I just don't enjoy. <laughs> the, the road games that are not fun. Wisconsin obviously is going to jump out. Indiana has to go to Wisconsin this year. They did not have to go to Wisconsin last year. You can't lose at the Kohl Center if you don't play there. But they will have to go back this season. Maybe this is the year they snap the streak. Probably not. There's a voodoo curse on us when we go to the Kohl Center, so probably not. Equally as uh, painful to win at is the Breslin Center, Michigan State. IU doesn't have to go there, and that's probably a good thing because that streak would probably go on because we just said this is a good Michigan State team. But that's one of the first big breaks. IU only having to play Michigan State once and it being at home. Somebody Hall is going to be rocking for that one. That's probably going to be top 10-ish uh, Michigan State team, depending on how their season goes and when IU plays them. But Somebody Hall is going to be rocking for that one. And I mean, I use randomly picked up some wins against Michigan State in recent memory uh, against some really good Michigan State teams. So perhaps they recreate that this season, but they're going to get the chance. Uh, Iowa is never particularly fun to go to. Last year was where Race Thompson got hurt. Uh, and it was, I mean, I believe each of the last two times they've blown big leads. I know last year they did. The year before that, they started turning the ball over a million times in the second half. I just don't enjoy going to Iowa. Another break in that regard. You don't have to go to Iowa this year. The other one that wasn't fun this past season was Rutgers. That place was rocking. The Hoosiers looked, I mean, honestly, they looked scared. They look, uh, the pressure got to them a bit and Rutgers steamrolled them. They do have to go to Rutgers. And the only time they play Rutgers is at Rutgers. So, they don't avoid all the breaks. Now, I'm sure a lot of you probably have games, away games you don't like. Let me know in the comments what some of your least favorite places to go to are, but those are kind of the top four for me. There's other ones that I, I aren't fun, and I'm sure we could make lists of, of uh, not fun games at each uh, venue. Illinois is the other away only game. IU won there last year. Uh, Michigan, IU won away there last year. Uh, both those were tough games that IU had leaned heavily on its stars for. But uh, IU has picked up wins there at least. And then you're looking at the home and away games. Uh, some of your tougher games, Wisconsin, you have to play home and away. Maryland, you have to play home and away. Purdue, you have to play home and away. Uh, that's a good thing. Like I, I would rather play, um, Purdue home and away every year. I, I know the one year it didn't happen, but, uh, regardless, those are all going to be tough games. Realistically, 
one of the only real breaks I think IU got was only having to play Michigan State at home. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you can look at who's maybe anticipated to be the bottom dwellers. Um, Minnesota, you play twice, so that's good. IU only played them once this year. If Nebraska's going to be bad, you play them twice. Who knows what's going to happen to Penn State now. Uh, they weren't a fun matchup last year, but with a new coach, uh, is my, with Micah Shrewsbury gone, are they going to play the same style? IU will have a different style as well, but if Penn State takes a step back under a new coach, playing them twice might be helpful. But ultimately, you're going to have some tough games in there. And that weight's really top 25. Three of the four teams we mentioned, the Hoosiers play home and away. Now, these are kind of... I don't want to say reactionary, but we don't know everything about these. These are just kind of my knee-jerk reactions to this. Once we know not just IU's team, but what the other teams are going to look like, things like that, uh, we'll be a little bit more informed to, to have some take some more thoughtful takeaways from from this. But my early gut feeling is like they got one big break in only playing Michigan State once. And the rest of them aren't particularly great. You can again, you can spin that either way. IU is going to be tested certainly in Big Ten play, but IU's going to have to play a lot of tough opponents in Big Ten play. How are you guys spinning it? Let me know in the comments. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitter, tweet at me. If you're uh, anywhere else, you can leave it in a review. Let me know, and I can read it out on the show. If you guys leave reviews of stuff you want to talk about or any topics I recently discussed, anything like that, leave them in the reviews and I'll read them out and we can make that kind of our Q and a a little bit. So my gut feeling is that this probably isn't a great schedule, but there's still a lot more to be determined before we figure that out. I do have some overarching questions about the big 10 with this, with its scheduling mainly. And that is a 20 game schedule too much. And is that what's leading to some of their struggles in the NCAA tournament. We'll kind of have a bigger picture discussion on that here in a moment. So I, I've been trying to have some thoughts on why the Big Ten struggles so much in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. My general reasoning for that, like a, a good chunk of it, is that they play XFL football for most of the year. And when they get into the tournament, it's an entirely different type of play. And it's almost like a shock to the system that they have to get used to. And that's hard to do on the fly. Uh, but my other thought is, and these two kind of go hand in hand. If you're going to play that way and also have a 20 game season, you're sending teams into the NCAA tournament that are exhausted. Think back to IU each of the last two seasons. Some of it was their own doing, but at the end of each season, IU just looked tired. And that is not what you how you want to send teams into the tournament. Um that's that's probably the case with most teams that by season's end, you're nursing injuries, you've played a bunch of games, and everybody's just kind of worn down a bit. But in the Big Ten, with the way that they play and you're having a 20-game schedule, 
it just is a combination that doesn't lend itself to an extended postseason run. Guys are tired. Guys are beat up. They don't want to do this anymore. And that's why they end up falling out of the, the tournament pretty early on, uh, usually. I looked around a bit. I didn't realize maybe – I thought the Big Ten was really by itself in terms of playing 20-game schedules. They're not. The ACC, the Big East, the Pac-12 all do it. Some mid-majors do it, but those are the main Power Five. So they're not really by themselves. I guess – I mean, in my idea, I think – or in my kind of ideal scenario, I think that you would – shorten that to maybe 18 games and give guys a little bit more time. You can space things out or maybe have a second kind of bye week in the, during the season for teams. Um, I don't love the 20 game schedule in general. Maybe you take an extra one or two of those home and aways and make them just home and just away. And that feels like an easier fix to get to 18 games the other question that's kind of looming, I don't know how much of a big picture discussion we can have on this because next season USC and UCLA are joining at the very least, and then what are you going to do? You have 16 teams in the Big Ten. You have 15 teams you'll be playing against. How do you get to 20 games at that point? I mean, I I'm I don't know if they'll change the number of games. I don't know if they'll... I don't know, really. It's it's it. There's so much of this that doesn't seem like they really thought out. And when we talked about this at Media Day for football last year, uh, the the answer from the then commissioner was, "Ah, eh, we got a couple years to figure it out." Okay, so they didn't have a plan when they did all this. The to- the clock's ticking. So what is the plan going to be? If you're adding those teams and just adding games, that ain't that ain't it. Uh, and that's not even taking account into or taking travel into account, which is another mess. Like I just spoke about how worn down teams look during the season or at the end of the season. You're gonna chuck in a cross country flight in the middle of Big Ten play in there. Um, it's absurd that they did this, but. That's kind of why I think that they should add a couple more Pac-12 teams or just West Coast teams and make pods in every sport just for the travel aspect. But I'm, I don't know. It's, it's very, very silly. If you add two more teams, maybe you can have five pods of four or something. I don't know. It's... What a silly, silly decision this was. But that's going to be another discussion to have in the the very near future of what a schedule, a basketball schedule is going to look like with two more teams added. Um, we talk a lot about what the football schedule is going to look like. In the grand scheme of things, you have a week between games and football. That's a lot of time you can travel. Basketball, you have a couple days between games. And so bouncing back and forth, flying from here to there to here to for these games is already tiring enough. I, I don't care much for the argument of they're 20, they're 21, they can do this. Just it's mentally exhausting, regardless of how old you are, how young you are. That's just a lot. And I, it's the truth. I, there isn't really much of an argument there. You're doing all that on top of 
having to go through school and everything. I've already stated that this decision to add USC and UCLA had nothing to do with academics, even though that's something they tried to sell us. Uh, we'll have more time to discuss realignment this summer. I don't want to get too far off track, but that's something you got to take into account. I don't love the 20-game schedule. I think ideally you could protect like three rivalries home and away and then play everybody else once in the uh, conference with, or when it expands. That would still kind of – I'm not going to do the math. That would still be a lot of games, but – um, if they really want 20 games, that might be the best way to do it. Other than that, I wouldn't even be against just playing every team once. If you expand to 18 teams and you just play every team once at 17 games, it adds some extra rest while also adding teams. But I don't know. I, I don't know that there's a good solution to this. You guys can let me know if you think there's a good solution to this. There's a lot to discuss today. I want your input on this. There's, I mean... This is a, a topic that's going to be discussed a lot coming up and in terms of realignment and what the impact's going to be on these schools. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? Do they need to add games? Do they need to take games away? Are pods the solution? What do you guys think? Let me know all those ways I mentioned earlier. But thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every dayers, as I said, tomorrow on the show. There's no more transfer news. We'll start talking probably about Race Thompson first. Do a season review on him and the hole he leaves in this Hoosiers lineup moving forward. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All of that great stuff. But most importantly, guys, everybody have a terrific Wednesday as always. Elio.